0: Welcome everybody to the R&B podcast. You know it's lit and it's love in our path. Be free, Be Latrice, can we do it? Holding that talk, cause you know we get into it. Powered by the King, so our love is his magic. Speaking that truth, and you know you gotta grab it. The love is authentic, so you know you gotta have it. Classic R&B, you now rocking with the Badges. Welcome to the Classic R&B podcast.
1: I am your host, Miss Britney Latrice Badges. and I'm Robbie
0: Free Badgett, and we want to
1: welcome you to life behind the badgered scenes. Join us as we dive a little bit deeper into the life of newlyweds. We'll be having some hard conversations. Maybe
0: even some friendly debates. But no matter
1: what it's all in good taste. So come on in, take a seat, and turn up your new fave genre. That's right. It's classic R&B.
0: Hey B. What up B? I got a story to tell.
1: I wanna tell the
0: So this one particular day in the land of Facebook I was scrolling along now, I don't know about you, but I don't remember how I've met all of my friends on Facebook. Sometimes they've requested me, sometimes I've requested them. But I noticed there was this one person that uh, was posting a lot of things. <laughs> she was talking about, yeah, turn up today at AW and there, they just acting a fool today. And it's like and this went on for a good week. I was like, what is she talking about? Now, in hindsight, clearly it was a little marketing ploy of what she was doing trying to gain some followers some traction it was you know i'm not gonna say genius but it was clever nonetheless yeah, so and so i was like hey what is this aw business and you know what y'all talking about up in here so she's like oh well i'll send you an invite and i was like all right cool i join and i see it was a whole lot of conversations some relationships some singleness some of everything Mm-hmm. But the goal, which I did a little bit more digging, was about building healthy relationships. Right. And then I found out this woman, young lady, uh, chocolate, love, sturdy, as she would define herself. Chocolate uh, love, sturdy? Yeah, yeah. She loves the Lord, and she's sturdy. I'll let her explain this sturdy thing. <laughs> I missed that conversation. I didn't miss it. <laughs> oh, okay. Sturdy but uh yeah so i met her why don't you introduce our first guest
1: what up what up what up it's your girl be trees. No, okay it's not that um, i want to say hi to the people and i would love to introduce to y'all our very first guest on the classic r&b podcast hey what's, what's her government <laughs> I, her government is Esther. I don't know her last name because we're not, I don't think we're that close friends yet where she'll tell me her last name. Oh, right. You know how you some know people how? just keep you at first and middle names right. because don't they don't want you to have, up. they don't want you to have all of them. Around. So, you know, maybe, name maybe we'll get there eventually. You know. See what
0: happened to uh, little Enrique Hernandez. What? <laughs> yeah, you never know who people are.
1: Who was little Enrique the little boy that was abused no let's not talk about him because yeah. I'm
0: gonna get sad Gabriel that. so y'all
1: please welcome our first guest to the show Miss Bernie Kester woo can we give a last name uh, or no
2: here's the thing
3: that That's was literally lapsed. like the worst introduction i've ever gotten in my life um, <laughs> <laughs> what was that there was lies there was slander first of all
2: the devil there is was
3: a yeah <laughs> and you was, you, was, you was Never on his team defeated. today a um there was slander there was <laughs> okay let me try again let me try again <laughs> no it's too late i'm gonna today introduce we myself we have the
1: we creator the is. creator the founder of the authentically wed group, which is a group based on building and sustaining healthy relationships by, what? by building what? up your healthy wholeness through singleness and creating resources and platforms for married people to have successful marriages. No,
3: <laughs> you said that it. was that was that's
0: good. My, that's that my, my good. interpretation. That-
3: that's good. I like that interpretation. So who Actually, are you
0: for the people that don't know? Who
3: I'm is. I am. No, I'm just playing. Hi. So, like they said, I am Vernique Esther. I don't go by my last name because. Yeah, uh, it's a you. story. Yeah.
2: You I'm on the name.
3: run. See? Like, low, low key. See, I told you. She that's why a story. I hop from state to state. You see oh, what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> so i'm, I'm
3: real low-key so um uh, no, no no there's a story behind that but um i i never changed i never changed my last name back really oh, yeah that makes a man. lot of sense yeah and all even right. but even beforehand though when i first started aw um when i was just blogging i still went by bernie
0: gester so it's just it's just that's oh, my first really name. Yeah, it's okay, my, my you know, legal, legal middle name. Aliases. No, no, no. Yeah, that's right. like it's me. I right. go
1: by my first and middle name. Right.
0: Yeah, it's okay, not about you.
1: Right I now. just wanted to answer. Oh it was it's a topic of relatability. Okay, great. You wouldn't Thank know you. about
0: that. So topic. for Nick, we <laughs> don't know who is you. Where did you come who is from? You? And all who I who I'm
3: is so. Like I said, I'm Vernique Esther, founder and creator of Authentically Wed, which is a platform to help people um, become their healthiest and most authentic selves in their intimate relationships from a biblical perspective. So it started off as a blog. Um, We've been around officially for two years, but in its current state, um, a year and a couple of months. And I'm really excited about it. We have events. um, We have the biggest part of what we do is engaging in conversations Mm -hmm. um, that you may not have at your church with your Mm -hmm. family. That you know you may not feel comfortable always bringing to your mom or your sister or your brother. Um, but you have found a community here where you can talk about those things. And we laugh and we joke and we do all of that, but I think the core of what we do is we have created a safe space for people to ask the questions that they normally don't get to ask. And so, and I think by doing that, um, we kind of tear down the veil and the secrecy of marriage and relationships, and we're not all trying to bump our heads around. Like there are actual answers, one in the word of God and two among your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so if we can... Um, help married people to ask the questions that they're scared of asking, or maybe they're too embarrassed to ask their fellow church members. Or if we can get singles to um, inquire and and to build healthy habits and and things like that before they get married, Mm -hmm. then maybe we can stop um, relational trauma, Mm -hmm. relational brokenness, divorce, um, because people have the appropriate expectations and understandings coming in. And so I think relationships have just been this really mystical thing, especially as believers. You know, mm-hmm. it's like this holy grail, and it's really not. It's just it's just another aspect of life, and the Bible and God has given us answers and tools. We just need to we need to use it. And so that's kind of what I do. I am by trade a medical social worker or a licensed medical social a licensed master social worker. But I work in the medical field, um, and I do travel social work, which is how I get to be here yeah. with the badges. And um, so I'm I'm stationed in Boston. Right Right now or near boston so how did
0: how did authentically Wed start like what was the the brain child the experience to say you know what i want to start this because yeah. everything that you just said i think it's all definitely important and you didn't start it as a, well at least from what i know you didn't start it as a church ministry after nah. service and uh launched into like how did you start it and why did you start it?
3: Yeah, so um it originally started and it was birthed in twenty seventeen when I was a newlywed. Oh, <clears throat> so you're you married? Nah fam. Oh, okay. I used
0: to be.
3: I always say that. Mm. I I used to be married. Um yeah, so it started when I was a newlywed. Um I, I got married to my college sweetheart in twenty sixteen and um I was used to being like this social butterfly in college. But after I transitioned and started dating him, we engaged, got married. Um, I recognized like I was kind of losing some of myself. Ten days mm-hmm. after we got married, I started grad school. We were leaders at a church plant. He was um, the the worship pastor. I was a leader and I did Bible study and I organized stuff for the church. And I, and I was a, a wife. So my, my whole life was church, school, being a wife right and so i i was like okay i came to a point where i was like god i don't want to keep losing myself and i don't want to keep pouring my whole being into my husband Mm -hmm. um i want to have something that's just for me and you Mm -hmm. and so i was praying one day and i heard the word authentic and i just kept praying through that it was during one of my christmas breaks and um by the end of the day having the the blog authentically wed was born which was supposed to be at the time um a platform to help uh, millennial wives understand there's not one way to wife. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to succumb to society's perspectives yeah. um, of what it means to be a godly wife. Um, and so having that sense of support and it's, so it's always been about authenticity and, and conversations. And like I would say stuff like, "Yo, I'm I'm kind of a bad wife. Like I ain't make the bed today. I I forgot to take the chicken out. Praise the Lord. I oh, forgot. Yeah, you know. And but the reality of it is that, that doesn't like that. but you, you kind of feel like you're in a silo when you're, when you're married, like I'm the only one who's dropping the ball, but really it's not about dropping the ball. That doesn't make you a bad wife. You are the wife that your spouse and your family needs. Absolutely. And so anyways, um, after (laughs) shortly after launching, um, my husband at the time, I was getting ready to finish grad school. And um, his job asked him, like, my last month and a half to go to Tallahassee for work.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Literally the day he left, he started an affair. And um, two weeks in, I found out through, um, let me tell you something about Holy Spirit, okay? Because he will not let you look stupid Mm -hmm. for for too long, okay? And so literally in class, um, I just felt like I was so burdened. And um, I just heard Holy Spirit say, check his email. And I was like, "What? Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know if I have his password. I don't well, even know." Could ever talk to you like that about me? <laughs> mm. Okay. Good. The, as long as she don't have a Come reason to, he won't. Okay. No, oh, I felt
0: that. He That's don't good. speak. He don't
3: speak without Should without ne- necessity. Uh-huh.
0: Should he be telling me something? Okay, we're
3: not hey, gonna do be this right
0: stuff, now. Hey, hey y'all. Spirit, she didn't do this. With oh my spirit. god. Oh, uh. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Not, I mean, not go Holy, Holy Spirit is she's, not petty,
0: okay? Uh, like, Holy Spirit is not petty. Man, you can't He's that, not petty. But, so he's not the Petty, Call your wife a right God. now, find out if she's still sleeping.
3: <laughs> well, that's accountability.
0: <laughs> no, I get it. Go ahead, go ahead.
3: But um anyways, long story short, I ended up finding proof of um, an affair. I went to triage mode trying to, you know, we did counseling for a couple months. And then I thought it was an emotional affair, but it turned out to actually be physical. And mm-hmm. it was somebody from our church that we were very close with. And mm-hmm. so um, after, you know, shock and trauma and all of that, we separated and um, he officially asked for a divorce. And I was like, all right, like, because all I wanted was peace at that so point. He asked, he asked
0: for the divorce. For divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. A- but
3: I had gotten to a point. So it was, I'm, I'm a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll fight. And though I had every reason, I'm talking about the day it happened, I remember somebody like, listen, you don't have to stay. And I was like, I know, but what will I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at that point, too, there's logistics behind that. So I was, I had just finished grad school. In the midst of all this, I finished grad school, got my social work license, but I was still looking for a job. And so he was my only source of finances. Mm-hmm. He was the only person that I'd known for six, seven years that intimately um, – And so it was like, you know, you go into survival mode. I love him. That's my best friend. Um, But like, how do you, how do you do that? And and also I was dedicated, I think, to, though it hurt, and this is why it's important for people to understand marriage, is that though it hurt, I had committed to better and worse. Mm. And so if that meant that I had to part, well, not if that meant, but it meant to me at the time, Lord, I will partner with you for the redemption of this man's life. Because Mm -hmm. what the saddest thing to me outside of my own hurt, right? And betrayal was, I felt like, and I remember telling a friend this, I felt like I was witnessing the fall of a great man. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for me to see that, like, there's so much potential. He's so talented, um, full of wisdom, full of spiritual gifts. And to see like these are the choices you made, like this, isn't, this is not what God created you for. Yeah. And so I wanted like I wanted to be a part of the restoration process, even though it hurt. And, um, but I got to a point though where enough was enough. Yeah. And I remember Holy Spirit asking me one day, um, like, well, what do you want? And I was at work. I had finally gotten a job and I moved back to Atlanta because I, I ended up moving to Tallahassee then I moved back um, when I was like, this is way too much. And so he was like, what do you want? And I, I almost broke down at work because nobody had asked me that. People would tell me what to do. Leave, mm-hmm. stay. Keep fighting. You're not fighting hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody asked me what I wanted. And I was like, God, I just want peace, whatever that looks like. And then the next day, he was like, yeah, I, I'm not doing this anymore. And I was like, okay. And I I really felt the lifting. Um, and I knew, I think God knew, like, I I probably... I don't know if I would have, I can't give up. I'm not that type of person. And so, but I would, I would, I would agree. So that's how that went about. And and I think that in hindsight, the, the, like, I don't, I, and I always say this, I don't believe in divine divorce. I don't think that it was God's will because we have free will to choose. But I do think that I just love God and the fact that like when he, his promises are sure when he says that he will work all things for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes, he means it. And so since then and from then through healing process and, and therapy from day zero, um, I I'm like now in probably the best and healthiest season of my life.
1: I think it it speaks though, or there's something there when we talk about just kind of like, how trauma produces purpose, mm-hmm. right? Because I think it's through like our darkest seasons and our hardest seasons that God is able to show us and to bring us to what he has always called us to be. And I think a lot of times we try to shy away from mm-hmm. the tough seasons because we're like, "Oh, God, this hurts. I don't want to do this." But it's even though there are other ways that we can get to our purpose, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of times it's through our pain and our trauma yeah. that we get there. I don't know if I don't necessarily know that we get there the quickest, Mm-hmm. Or the most of, or if it's the but most it's like effective way, but it's kind of like, I don't know. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Like- no,
3: I agree. I think that it's kind of an unveiling. I'm trying to, there's a scripture I'm trying to remember, but I, I think that, um, those are the moments where God is like, Ooh, this, is, I think, I don't know. I think God likes a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that though he could he could have unveiled my purpose anyway.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, it was like yes this is the thing like now let's work let's let's get in there but I will say that not necessarily I think we're all you know purposed but as far as the unveiling of that purpose I don't think that it's just trauma that produces it or trauma that unveils it but dealt with trauma because what happens is people sometimes people will build platforms on the wrong thing because their vision isn't clear or because they're clouded by trauma yeah and so when you do that you'll you'll build a whole thing and it'll be soulish or it'll be um i don't know it'll just be like what you feel yeah. and not what god is calling you to because trauma can produce yeah. varying Absolutely. responses and it can it can put a veil over your eyes right. but when you deal with it and you sit at the feet of jesus and you allow him to rewrite your story yeah. and you allow him to reshape it then you can see what his
0: purpose is right so i want to unpack unpack that a little bit more um backing up you said that there was a point where you started to feel like you were losing yourself mm-hmm. right right But you weren't, so you weren't even married a long amount of time, correct? mm -hmm. So there's a point where you feel like you're losing yourself. And then that spirals into this infidelity, the breakdown of your relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. how did you, uh, where were you in that entire experience? Like, who was Renique in those spaces in that time? And how did you make your way back?
3: So you mean from the initial point or like at, at the point about finding the infidelity, who was I at that point
0: before that? Like, because you were still trying to kind of get a grasp on this whole marriage thing. Mm -hmm. And then you possibly started to feel like, okay, I might be getting a rhythm now, but then getting a rhythm, the floor falls. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I've never been asked or thought about that. That's really good question. So I think in building, and that's the cool thing. So I think authentically wed was always God's plan. Um. And so in finding that, I started to, because it was something with me and him, he was showing me like, look, this is what's in you. Look, you have a voice, mm-hmm. you know? And I didn't have a large following um, at that point, but people valued what I was saying and what I wrote about. And so I started to kind of see, it's almost like God was like kind of X-raying my soul or like my what who he created me to be. And he was like, yo, look. And so I think at that point, that's when my confidence kind of started coming in. Um, also- I just, I, I was coming into a rhythm because it was almost the end of grad school too. So a little bit of that weight was kind of starting to lift. Like I was like, okay, I'm almost to the end. So I wasn't as stressed in that way. Um, But I think that's a really good point. I think starting a W and having that thing between me and the Lord and watching myself build something with God, because my, my, I mean, my husband was not involved other than, Um, We did vlogs, like, but it was me, like, hey, you know, Um, and kind of catching him in a frame here and there. Uh, But to kind of build something with the Lord, I think it was, that was all a part of him just showing me, like, hey, this is what's inside of you. you So do you
0: feel like building authentically? But you discovered the authentic you.
3: Yeah. That was
0: nice. No, I'm just that, saying, was like, that was and, nice. And listen,
3: no, like, I think so. I think so. I think so. And I, I I've always had a sense of self. I will say that. Um I've I struggled with insecurity yeah. you know, and and not feeling like I was good enough and, and things like that. But God has always, I've always felt like there was something I was created to do. I just didn't really always know exactly what. I thought that I was maybe gonna be through the medical field. I I always wanted to be a doctor until like my senior year Mm -hmm. of high school. And then that changed. And that's the only crisis like I've ever really had was, well, if I'm not gonna be a doctor, what am I gonna be? And God took me through that journey as a teenager. And then I went through college and and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I've always kind of had a sense of self, but that deeper... Yeah, I think that that AW, building AW and and just having it literally like this is just from this between me and my dad um, really showed that was him kind of showing me like a glimpse, like a foretaste, Mm -hmm. um, knowing what was ahead.
1: So you talked about a little bit about like how um, it's through like resolve trauma that you're able to kind of move forward and just kind of execute clinician
0: talking to clinicians.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you're able to kind of move forward and kind of execute the things that you're supposed to execute. Can you talk a little bit about how you were able to make your way through the resolution of your trauma? And even where are you at today with yeah. that? Like how have you been able to kind of journey through that? How have you been able to journey through that in a way that what you were building wasn't tainted by what you had mm-hmm. been through. That's good. And then just kind of speak about it. Yeah, too. you didn't
0: bleed into it.
1: Yeah. Because that's true. A lot of people, just going back to that point, a lot of people you're right, like, they, we experience trauma, and then immediately, okay, God wants to use this, so we built a whole platform based on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But through the process, you're bleeding on it the entire time. That's And so you're good. trying to lead people to do something that you haven't been through yet. Yeah, you know before I mean?
0: you answer that, no, that's a great. Before you answer that, because I had went through a divorce, and one of the things that I did, like, I look back at my catalog of music, right? So mm-hmm. I'm a rap artist, and I... Mm, there was portions where I had to stop creating Mm -hmm, because I felt myself, Mm -hmm. there was still a lot of things that were coming up and every song sounded like the experience of what I was either going through or had just gotten out of. So I was just Mm -hmm. painting this entire catalog of pain, trauma. Now here's here's the scary part is that sometimes it produces breakthrough for somebody else I who's know, listening for that. Yeah, yeah. And the problem with the gifted is that we sometimes be, become a slave to our gift, mm. right? Where we're just serving that thing out, but we're still in bondage, mm. but other people are getting free. Yeah. So it was like, okay, dude, you have to stop. Like you have to just not do this anymore because yeah. you're not getting better through this process. And so, what was that like for you? And then being self-aware, because we talk a lot about I feel self-aware. Feel like we just asked you like five different questions. You did, you but did. I feel like she's going to answer all of them because she's smart, <laughs> and uh, that's what she does. Okay,
3: so I love all of these questions. These are so good, and I ended up I wrote them the down. Yeah, later. I had to write them down because they were so good. So let's start with um, resolving the trauma and dealing with the trauma. So literally the day it she happened. Setting the bar
0: for our guests for. A few
3: that's the same <laughs> well, amen. Um, hopefully I said a good bar. But literally the day it happened, I brought in a counselor. Mm. Like I'm talking about, th- there's a whole story there. But um, the day I found out, he was pretty much having like a mental breakdown in Tallahassee. I was like, you need. I'm going to drive down there, if nothing else. Like if I have class, I'll email all my professors. I don't even care. But it ended up being that he flew into Atlanta. Picked him up. Um, I had him assessed um for suicide for suicidality um it was fine but they said he needs a counselor immediately i was already seeing a therapist that's was another he, was thing he
0: breaking down because he because he got caught
3: that but also i think he not i think he was going through his own crisis and that's another thing that i tell a lot of people that especially women who get in my inbox like how did you do it infidelity is never about you or hardly ever about you it's always about the individual and and something that they feel like they're missing that they're trying to grab hold to. Mm -hmm. And so the next day I already had been seeing a counselor, which is another thing um, because I was trying to transition and I felt like I was losing myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, Um, The next day I brought her in and then we also, I also tried to find, I was like, yo, you find yourself your own therapist so you can go Mm one-on-one, but we'll also have my therapist and like a marriage counselor or whatever. So I was like on triage from day zero. Um, And so there's that. And I did counseling the entire way through. Um I've actually probably in the last probably 2019 was when I kind of paced it out a little bit more and now I'm just going really for maintenance whenever I can. But um so that's the first part is I, I sought help immediately. Mm-hmm. The second part is I used accountability. We do not use accountability in the body enough. Mm-hmm. I think that because of, you know, church, church culture, we have told ourselves that there are no safe people, but there are. And I had a tribe of women who ride for me mm-hmm. heavy. <clears throat> there are women who were coming to my house and rotating mm-hmm. to come spend the night and make sure I was okay. And that was even before the infidelity. That was just because they knew that I wasn't used to being at home by myself. Mm -hmm. But once that happened, it was more. Like, they would come and stay the night in my house. One friend came over from work just to help me paint a bookcase, like, and cry and watch TV. And so accountability was a huge thing. And I was honest about where I was. Mm -hmm. I texted my group. It was, like, 12 women. I texted them, and I was like, listen... We have decided to officially get a divorce. I don't know what the next three months of my life is going to look like, but just check on me. And these are the things that I need. So that's another thing. Be specific about what you need because nobody can guess and people live their own lives. And I think sometimes we think that because our world feels like it's stopping because of trauma that everyone else's doesn't, I mean that it does, but it doesn't. And so I, if I wanted them to be a part of my healing journey, I had to tell them what I needed. So I said, please make sure that I ate because I lost like 10 pounds, 20 pounds. Throughout the process, make sure that I ate, make sure that I drink water, make sure that I go outside because before, especially in the interim, while I was waiting for my job to start, I laid in bed for like a week straight. Mm -hmm. One of my friends called me and was like, listen, a group of us are going to Miami, get your tail up and you're going with us. Mm -hmm. I was miserable, but I went to Miami, (laughs) you know? And so I had friends that were willing to do whatever it took to make sure I was okay. And the other thing was I was honest with God. That's probably the first thing. I remember being in Tallahassee and I would wake up every day. I could not miss my devotional time. Mm. I had, because I didn't know what that day was. I don't know what emotion that day was going to bring me. I didn't know what type of husband was going to come home after work. I didn't know, Mm. but I knew I had to get to the throne room. And so I would wake up every morning, maybe it was just to sob, maybe it was just to pray, maybe it was to read scripture, maybe it was to listen to the same song that I listened to over and over and over again. But whatever it was, I met Jesus. And I had determined in my heart that if I was going to get through this, I was going to have to get through it with him as an ally and not make him an enemy. And I think that's what we do when we experience trauma is we kind of pit ourselves against God. Well, how could you, but I had to understand, and I say this a lot too is swallow truth whole. The reality of the matter is that man made decisions on his own accord without God's (laughs) um, insight, wisdom, help, whatever he made decisions. And I cannot put that on my heavenly father who I know um desires the highest good for me, who I know loves me mm-hmm. and loves him. And so I had to recognize and acknowledge this is not God's fault. This is man's error. And so I needed an ally. God could not God had to be my best friend. Mm-hmm. And so I, I used my relationship with the Lord in scripture. Like there are scriptures that I sit on and I sat on. I think Isaiah forty two or fifty two um and forty six. Something like that. But there's there's two of them that I I would read every day, you know. And so I didn't forsake the place of prayer. I used accountability and I would I sought out a therapist from day zero. I covered all of my bases. And when you do that, there's no you don't leave a whole lot of room for the enemy. You don't leave him a foothold. You don't leave him leave him a little crack in the wall. Because he wasn't going like I was going to recover. And that's another thing. I was determined to recover. I was like, I'm not going to be the person like that, you know, I know bitter 50 year olds mm-hmm. who are still mad at such and such for right. divorcing them. And they done had two marriages and eight kids by then,
2: Yeah.
3: you know, so I was determined to heal. Um, and so that's that's kind of what it looked like. Where am I at now is I think that I think that I so the most exciting thing was uh, late 2019, maybe October, November September October where I was like oh, I'm making healthy decisions mm-hmm. like I'm making decisions from a place of health
2: right. yeah.
3: and not out of like anger or not out of um I don't know like it, it didn't have anything to do with anybody else it wasn't out of sadness or depression like I'm just I'm making decisions from a healthy place it's just right. like this level of freedom yeah. And that's, I think that's where I'm at is that I'm, I'm making healthy decisions. And when I not acknowledge certain things or if I feel sadness, sometimes there's like, I don't really feel sad anymore, but sometimes there's like this realization, like this happened last week, maybe where I was like, dang, I really went through a divorce. Like it's just small moments like that.
0: There's a lot of different checkpoints that really hit, right? I think Mm a couple things in what you were saying was one, like there is a space you have to allow yourself time to feel what's happening. And and the danger sometimes for believers is we try to spiritualize to a place where we don't allow our our bodies, our emotions to get through that. But it's in those moments that God, he can still speak through our pain, Mm -hmm. that we don't want a religious those moments well you know i'm blessed and highly favored nope. and you know i'm praying for him no 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 mm-hmm. did you read the email did you read the email on what she was saying and do you know how that felt well mm-hmm. you know he's a man he falls short we all fall short nope. the glory of god none listen listen all of those things might be true yeah. however that you have to carve out a space yes and allow yourself to process because when we don't as you know it 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 starts to break down some things okay. internally in a way that we are not even aware of
1: did you ever feel going through this process of divorce did you ever feel like you missed God like marrying him was a mistake or mm-hmm. maybe I didn't hear God correctly or maybe I got this wrong or was it always just this okay I I, I did what I was supposed to do he had free will. He made the choice that he made. And this is just the end result. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people, when they experience hard times, even not even necessarily divorce, but experience hard times mm-hmm. in their marriage, they're like, like I ain't here, God. Did I miss God? Like, yeah, was yeah, I yeah. ready for like, you know, what? Mm-hmm. How did I end up in this place? Because even though I vowed for better or for mm-hmm. worse, I didn't anticipate the for worse. Yeah. 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 Right. So yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that? So the temptation was there. But the cool
3: thing about our particular story was that, we were in separate cities and on the same day heard the Lord about that we were going to get married. Mm -hmm. And this was when we were 18 years old. So again, this was my college sweetheart. I knew him freshman year of college. And so, um, we, and the cool thing about it too, like the dope thing is I was just like, Lord, is this like, is this the man that like I should marry or whatever? And all I heard was like, yes. And I was content with that. God don't got to tell me too much. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, all right, got you. And he knows that. For him, the Lord said the two will be united as one, and then he's and I told y'all he's super talented. So he um, he he is a musician and a singer and all this kind of stuff. And at the time, he really was just getting into that. And the Lord said that not only would the two be united as one, but that um, he would get like instruments that he didn't have to pay for. He would get recording equipment because he produced as well that he wouldn't have to pay for. And um, that he would learn X amount of how to play different things. By the time we got married, he had, what, two guitars that he knew how to play. He knew how to play piano, taught himself. He had produced an entire album for free. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, all of the promises that were attached to me mm-hmm. had come, or at least most of them. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table with him one day, I'm like, and he's like, I don't, I don't know, maybe I didn't hear God. And I was like, but think about all the other stuff that he attached to that promise. Did those things happen? He was like, I mean, most of them, yeah. but you got to understand, like that mindset when you're going through an identity crisis, or when you're when you're trying to rationalize it all, you don't realize, like God did come through for you, yeah. and this was like it was like He knew that He would have a moment where He wouldn't believe, and so He had to attach all this extra stuff. But in that moment, He was just like, I I don't when know, maybe it I'm at wrong. at him
0: though, like him the person, yeah. assessing him from the eyes that you have now—is he the dude that you would still marry today?
3: Nah. No, no, no. But he also became that though. The person he I married, somebody else. Yeah, married. or at least at least was a really and I can say this, a really good actor. Okay. Cuz I think a lot of stuff was under the surface. Yeah. There were things that I found out um right. that he was masking and masked pretty well. And even down to like our friends and people who knew him, they were like, "Listen, I remember our pastor, he was like, I'm a really good judge of character and I missed everything." Mm. And it it kind of I was like, I feel you. I lived with him and I missed everything. Um, and so I think sometimes some people are just really good at, at pretending or they want to be who people perceive them as, so but this, then you break. You so know what I mean? This is where,
1: okay. So like for people who are listening or who will listen, who are like babes in Christ, mm-hmm. and who don't have a super solid foundation. How do we explain that to them to where it makes sense? Because it's like, on one hand we're like, yes, God told me to marry this person, right? Like, he told both of us to marry this person. But then, on the other hand, we're like, but there's so many things that we missed. Like, he ended up being this completely different person. Mm -hmm. And I could feel, like, people who aren't super um, Mm -hmm. deep in their relationship with God were like, well, why would God tell you to marry somebody who clearly wasn't who... They said yeah. they were and all of these other things ended up coming out years later. Like, mm-hmm. what kind of God would tell you to do That's that? Good. Like, why would you know what I mean? Like, and so I'm listening to this conversation. And then there's a part of me who's listening also from the lens of just kind of like a new believer. And how do we mm-hmm. rationalize that with them? Yeah. Like, how do we help them to to make resolve with just kind of that idea of, yes, God told me to marry this person. Mm-hmm. But yes, this person is not who I thought they were when I married them at the same time. And then just kind of also seeing the end result of how things happen. Like, how do we? Yeah. So I think that
3: one, I don't necessarily believe that God tells people that they will like, I don't think God, God picks spouses all the time. I think that in certain cases he may allow, or he may move or uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. So in my case, I believe that um I asked God if I should marry him or if I will marry him. I think that was kind of our prayers. Um, but but that's just semantics. Mm-hmm. I think that God allows us the choice of of picking a spouse. I think though that sometimes he will tell people like yes, you know, or he'll make provision for a particular couple or whatever the case may be. The underlying tones of to what I'm trying to say is, and this is not, I'm not a pastor. This is not theology. This is just my yeah. thoughts and beliefs on the matter. I'm Haitian and there's a phrase that we say um, that is so bon say.
1: That's not the phrase. I know,
0: but I can't like say
3: because so <laughs> that's, that's be, like the religion. only thing that I know in, know in <laughs> Haitian. Hey. In Creole. Um, so they we say um <laughs> which means God is thought you was like an American.
0: Con- oh, you understood that? Nope, she does. Okay. So
3: which means that God God is a grown up, he can do what he wants essentially. And so what that speaks to is the sovereignty of God. And I really, I've really been kind of wrapped up in this idea, like, and it's hard, I think it's hard to accept as new believer, or if you're entrenched in the ideas of the world. But if we believe in an all knowing, all, all uh, seeing, whatever God, when we also have to acknowledge that he has a level of sovereignty. And so in that sovereignty, he can ordain and do things that may not make sense to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still wisdom in the mind of God. And so I think that we have to, that's why tr- knowing the truth of God is important, which is that he has given us free will and he can will a thing. So it may have been his will that my marriage worked, but he may, and because he has free will, it didn't. Like, because he has given um, my ex-husband free will, it didn't. I, I'm kind of talking in no, circles, I think, but I think, I think my, my it, point is that, point like... The
0: you have a choice. In the you world. have a choice. And, and the thing is, like, he had a choice, even in him being uh faithful and him not being, faithful. Mm-hmm. It's like, we have a choice and how we show up in the relationship. Like God, as it relates to marriage, it is one of the few things that he's like, listen, this is your choice to mm-hmm. do this. Like I will, uh, ordain the things that are looking like me. Right. But that doesn't mean that if you do it anyways, that I'm just going to disappear and depart from right, you yeah. either. You know what I mean? Like, cause we- I married somebody uh, in my past. This is
1: not about you. Listen,
0: I know it's not, but it's (laughs) about the conversation. Thank you. Um, But there was a lot there that was not in alignment with God. Mm -hmm. Right, The sister was not saved, like not for real. right? But he didn't say, you know what, if you do this, I'm going to leave you alone.
3: Because he's a good father. Right.
0: So I did it, you know, and I felt alone. Mm -hmm. And I had to deal with a lot of things that went along in that situation. But getting back to your point, B, I do think that um, people uh, as singles, one, they need to know that they have the power of choice. But also, even in the relationship, some things will happen that were not a part of Mm -hmm. this was the plan of God for somebody Mm -hmm. to go ahead and sleep with somebody else. No, no. But that person had a, a, a choice in the matter. But God says that my provision will step in. That's good. And and provide for you in this space.
3: But what? But here's the other side right. of sovereignty, though. Is I know people who dead believe like, yo, God told me, and he he might have because he's sovereign and he can do that. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to tell people like, yo, y'all two get married, this is my will, yeah, and right. they do like, mm-hmm. who? Yeah. Can, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. But what if? And I don't know if this is my case or not. But let's just throw this in mm-hmm. for a nice little curveball. What if the sovereignty of God though was in like what if he knew that I wouldn't have found this level of purpose any other way? And so he ordained it not necessarily so I could get divorced, but so that I could get to this ultimate end. And there were two paths, right? So the the like I had to get married in order to get here, but I didn't necessarily have to get divorced. This is kinda of like yeah. a cluster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like do that you see sense. what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean the scripture so, says his
0: plan is to prosper. I'm gonna get to the prosperity right. regardless. Right? What scripture is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's in Isaiah,
3: but but Jeremiah, but Jeremiah. even Let but think about but ah. even think about like the I was thinking the, about Isaiah
0: earlier. Yeah.
3: the children of um Israel. His plan may not necessarily there have to been get there in 12 yeah. days. exactly. Yeah. And they
1: had but they well. they did,
3: and so and either way, place. his so- like they got to the ending place
1: eventually. Yeah,
3: but what if his sovereignty, like oh, yeah. in his sovereignty, he knew they would wander. Uh, so that may have been what he wanted but he knew they would wander and so they could be like well a bunch of people millions and thousands of people died in the desert God you could have just gave us a straight path but he knows his ch- like I don't know it's crazy so I, think, but I, I think, think, think essentially, right, I think what, essentially
1: <laughs> what we're
0: saying black come back here, black come back <laughs> I think, think essentially is right. that right. what, what we're up.
1: saying is that God um, ordains the destination but he does not necessarily tell you about the journey so That's you it. will get to your ending place But that does not mean that, you know, how you get there is just going to depend. And so a lot of times I think we tend to question God when we have to go through hell and high water to get where he has Mm -hmm. called us to be. When that's not necessarily his intent or desire for your life. That's where the refinement comes, though, is in
3: the hell and the high water. Like you, but but like we don't become ultimately like in order for Jesus to have allowed us to have access to him, he had to die. There was not another way. Yeah. So I think sometimes we There's assume no that way. hell and high water is not God's plan. But sometimes the suffering is a part of his plan you because that's be how refined. you become. And that's
1: how you get refined. You and get so, refined by yeah. going the fire.
3: And so for that's new believers, I'll say this, and we can move on. But for new believers, my heart for you, if you feel like, well, what kind of God would blah, blah, blah. One, read the word so you understand his character. And two... Um, If you understand like his love for you and if you understand the truth of like how he feels about you, then it doesn't hurt as much or you don't you don't become as lost like it's it's because we don't understand the character of God and how much he loves us that we we tend to fall or like fall apart in moments of, of trying times like get to know get to know the God that you're trying to serve.
1: And it's very important and possible for you to get to know him while you're going through those things. Absolutely. Because it's through the journey of the hell that you tend to cling to God.
3: Count it in a, all as in a joy.
0: In
1: a different way, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm.
0: you
3: really... It was good that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Like, the Bible is full everybody. with that. You come on I and quote call scriptures. scriptures this
0: early afternoon. I got, I got, man, we got to. I'm tired it's of people cold
3: telling cold. me to do stuff and they ain't got no scripture. But that's another day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's another day. That's a whole word. So you... Single again. Mm. What is this single world? Because I
3: don't you know how it's did you hot, know it's you a hot ghetto date? mess. We didn't get
0: to if She's dating or I date said, again. well let's get single first and then we'll get to the dating. So you guys you go single, married, let's single talk. again. How about we yeah. Yeah. Single, how about married, let her
1: talk single,
0: married, single again? How about we
1: let her talk? Better? Ready? Go, single, please. married, single again. <laughs> hey, hey. Sorry. It's your turn. <laughs> it's
3: your turn. Okay, so single again. Oh, you guys asked a question. I'm gonna ask your last question. In this. yeah, we do that. We just so ask a lot. Just you slowly. guys asked about like how I didn't bleed and stuff like that, right? Yes, like
0: 30 minutes. Ago. I
3: know, but we but never she got really to must it. Answer that. And yeah. it's a because it and it, and it ties into People it. Need so, to know about it. Um, as it pertains to, I don't necessarily think for everybody that you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z while you're still healing. Because I think that sometimes God uses certain things to continue to refine you.
0: But if you
3: bleeding, hold on. (laughs) So I think, I think that, I think that sometimes he will use your calling, your purpose to refine you or to teach you, but it depends. You have to have, I think that a level of maturity is necessary because what I knew was, I remember very vividly writing a blog, And I was like, God, I feel I can feel my flesh right here, like trying to seep into this. And I need you to make sure. And I read before I released it, I read it over and over again to make sure that my like it was just the truth of God or, or truth in general and not necessarily like my flesh and my feelings. And so the mature side of me said, I acknowledge that I have a feeling about this particular yeah. thing, but here's the truth. And yeah. let me just use the truth part of it and then asking the Holy Spirit to help. I look um, at some of
0: my Facebook memories and I feel like, shut your face. Yeah. Cause you just were saying, stuff. I didn't. Like, yeah. You, shut up. Dude. You I didn't
3: bleeding. make crazy posts, but <laughs> that's the other bleeding. thing. Like, I you didn't make, even see them Talk
1: were, about like 2016 or 15, 15. I can I feel it in my spirit. No, that I'm you like,
3: shut up. But right. that's the thing, though, like I didn't make I, I was very cautious. Mm. And that's the thing about being self-aware is that like I know like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to post that because that came out of my flesh. Yeah. And that's that's another part of not even just being self-aware, and mature, but having Holy Spirit, having my ears open to him like, oh, no, I can't post that. That's that's out of my feelings. But I'll post a scripture. I'll post something that, like revelation. And so you can allow him to kind of guide how you do that. Now, I will say. Early in my divorce journey so I was trifling for a good few months mm-hmm. Trifling Because the hard We could be honest on this podcast Come right? on trifle
2: yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay So <laughs> Yeah this is, tri- this is trifling Vernique Talking right now um, it, One of the hardest things for me After letting go of the relationship Was Lord now Had you Come told on, me baby, this was on, Had you told me this was gonna be my last time having sex Like you could have just warned right. me let's go because you know what i'm saying it wasn't even my fault okay Mm. like i and so i spent a good what six months just like upset because yeah we done got through the that whole part but it wasn't my fault so i feel like i should be exempt from this whole like you know um not celibacy but what's the other word Abstinence. abstinence thing because you, said you
0: feel like you should be exempt, so yeah. I should
1: be able to just go have sex because Absolutely. I didn't ask for it. It's, it's not my fault. Who who? I, know, I know, right? Along, <laughs> well, no, okay, not who. Bro, I wasn't hoeing.
3: Not whoever came along. But but Simple. it that you was that was now. my struggle. Was like God, I feel like we didn't went through, we <laughs> done been playing through a lot. Yeah, like like yo. So, so now now and and this is this is one thing. So sometimes when you forgive. You encounter other things where you have to access different another layer of forgiveness.
2: Absolutely. And so
3: I forgave him for the infidelity. I forgave him for you know now we have to get this divorce. I forgave him for that part. But what I encountered later on, yeah. I realized I had to I had to access more forgiveness. So now, for, for instance, that. I had to move into an apartment by myself. Mm-hmm. I had to live alone. Mm-hmm. I had to I didn't I didn't have nobody to share finances with. Mm-hmm. He used to do all the budgeting, now I have to do finances myself. Mm-hmm. So now the 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 things that you have to forgive change. Okay. And so yeah, now I have to been really with him
0: since eighteen. Yeah. And
3: yeah. so and now I have to be abstinent of uh, something that I already struggled with prior to marriage.
0: Yeah. If we're gonna be now
3: honest. I gotta on. move back
1: into Holy now Jesus. I gotta
3: move back and I know I know better now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's so I can't pledge. That's yeah. I can't. Well, that's see. a
1: really good. That's a really good yeah. point, though, because we don't. But that's what talk I'm saying about that part. Single, of it. married,
0: like, and single again. Yeah,
3: like so. Now I have that. to. And God is like, yeah. There's no. There's yeah. no exceptions. And so there was a point where I was like, I remember talking to my counselor, and I was like, I don't believe in all that stuff. I feel like it's real man made. Like not not that I don't believe in God, but like all these requirements of like being accident like what's. what's rational? Like, yeah, because I wanted a way to be able to do what, wanted what to do? I wanted to do, even though I knew I, I got a, I got a solid relationship with the Lord and I know better. And whole time he looking at me like, well, y'all can't see my face, but he's looking at me sideways and I'm like, no, hush. Hold on. Holy spirit. Listen, if the, if I can make this make sense, I can do what I want to do. That way I can have my God. I don't went through this. I didn't kill him. I didn't call him out his name. I didn't, you know, I ain't retaliate the way that I wanted to retaliate. At least give me this. Reward
1: me. So did
3: you start to reward yourself? A little bit. A little bit yeah. um, Not for real though And I, I actually We are got into, We being authentic We are And authentic and I've, I've told indeed. this I don't think that there's There's nobody who don't really know this But um, I, know. I I got into like a short Well I mean like If I'm thinking about people listening Anyways okay. So I had a short like Toxic situationship Because I was not Ready But right. I wanted the connection mm-hmm. And so I, I was like You know Low key Stringing somebody along for my uh for my uh trifling ride, because I wanted to feel connected and
0: Pretty sturdy ride. Well, okay.
3: So uh, and so I I did I engaged with somebody way prematurely, mm-hmm. way too early in my my yeah. healing journey, yeah. and that produced a host of issues. And so, um, but the and I'm not saying this to be spiritual, but like the covering and the Redemption—that's not even the word I'm looking for—but the God will, God will cover you even in your mess. Absolutely, God will. And so even in that, God was always tapping me on my shoulder, like Vernique come on, daughter, come on, this is—we got stuff for you to do. And I thought that I was going to. So I also took a break. I took a break from AW from like that August until, and then I started rebranding around November, and then we relaunched in February. Mm-hmm. So. I took a I took a substantial break, um, but even when I got back, I was still kind of being a little trifling. But I was coming out of the triflingness, and so I recognized that, okay, Lord, what you're doing is great, and people are starting to take notice. And so the maturity in me rose up and was like, you have to choose. Either you're going to do this the way God intended, and you're going to be you're going to uphold the standard. Or you're going to forfeit it all
0: yeah i think that's that's the thing though getting back to the original um response about the bleeding Mm -hmm. like you recognize that there's areas that you don't even really recognize that you're bleeding Mm -hmm. into a bleeding out of and so patience it's not just a virtue it's a forced Mm -hmm. discipline like you have to really say all right i need to just stop because there's some things that i may not even see yet and so like you like you run into somebody like oh well I'm not generally trying to bleed into this situation, mm-hmm. too, but mm-hmm. here's how I'm feeling mm-hmm. about the situation. And then you find some good intentions in the back of your mind to push that thing through. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I didn't know that she was divorced until, like, I, I don't know. I, it might have been on one of your lies. I was like, oh, she's a divorcee. Uh, because it's not like plastered yeah. everywhere, you know what I mean. Well, it
1: is now with this new book she about to come out with? Yo, you know, I was
0: about to say author
1: Bernice Esther. What's Thank the name you. of your book? One uh, season's change, when when divorce seasons recovery change. interactive devotional. Come on, de- interactive. <laughs> what is an interactive <laughs> devotional?
3: So it's super dope.
1: Um,
0: you walk. I with it. you run. And then I didn't I'm asking the author. I'm asking the author. So there's there's journal
3: space in it. So there's a lot of writing and devotion there's devotional points. There's um me going deeper into the topics as well as video component
1: oh come on yeah there's video component so there's there's
3: there's links in the book that correspond to the chapter and then you go and you watch it and you come back you write your thoughts so that's the interactive the interactive part I mean hello um the interactive part is that you get to write in it you hear and see my you hear my voice and see my face um and then there's some other stuff that we're launching that I'm excited about but we're not quite ready yet but stay tuned. so um i'm really I'm really excited about that, and as far as it not being plastered, I'm actually very open and honest about it. I think people just find out like as they find out, but I talk about it all the time. Um, but ultimately, to close out my point about the whole bleeding is you make a choice. You decide is is God's standard and holy? either God is God and his way is right and his standard is right and holiness is right, or it's not, or I'm going to live contrary to what I believe. And so I had to make a decision, like, am, am I going to choose the plans of God and his redemption for my life, mm. or am I going to choose to be trifling?
0: So you worked out your whole phase. It was not um, a... Your whole situation. Changed. Mom, if you're listening to um, this, Your <laughs> this experimentation <is> not... <laughs> of absentee qualifications. <laughs> um, You're single now. What is that like for you now? Like, Because the more that I see, and we had this conversation mm. offline about... The culture of singleness. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's like dude. Some days you feel like there's no hope. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then some days like I think I can. Like, I think are I can. You I in think this I process can process like, What like some of the things that you like, "Dang. Oh.
3: Today is a no hope day." Huh? Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not.
0: I'm being funny. so ahead, But transparency, no, 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 right? Ahead, times Thursdays. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: So being transparent this morning I was like, "God, ah, uh, yeah, no. I'm gonna just and I think I think maybe I'm just going. I don't know. I feel like I'm about to have
0: a therapy session. I'm not though. You're not actually speaking in English. Just so we're clear. She whatever. She's, she's speaking out. woman. I know, and I, and I understand.
3: Thank it, you. So. You understood man. me. Yeah. I think I'm. I I really I just started being open to dating in November. Yeah. Um. I felt and I I'm. I'm not not open to it, but and I haven't had that many experiences, but the. The couple people that I have like talked to or considered like exclusivity with, it's just been trifling. Like
1: it's just been mm, no thanks. Is, is it a, weird being you know out in the in the dating scene?
3: It is a little bit because I never really dated. Yeah. I never really dated, and so I'm still learning the protocol, and I'm learning a not lot. The no. Yeah, like how no. does this work? Like y'all know it's rules. It's, it's right. undercover rules. There <laughs> are no rules. So the idea is that there really are no rules, but there are
0: rules. True. Mm. No, I know exactly what you said.
3: So it's like I'm trying to figure it out, and I don't have time. I'm very like straightforward, and like I love connecting with people. So either we're going, either we're going to connect or we're not, and I feel like. We're not. (laughs) So um, I'm learning a lot, though, even by the other single people in the group, because uh, my thing is marriage, healthy connections and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. dating is not my thing. And so um, I'm learning a lot and I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm learning a lot that God can help you like Holy Spirit can help you date Mm -hmm. and date wisely. I remember one one guy um, I spoke to Holy Spirit about and he was like, this is a healthy choice. And I was like, "Okay." the other guy, he was like, this is a waste of time. And I was like,
1: let that's me see. You yeah. That's I <laughs> oh,
3: let me see. Um, let but, and see it, was it? I, want, like, it
1: was true. That's the one I want, though. It
3: was true. I one know. One. It was true. But I think right now, because I'm traveling for work and stuff, I'm open to, like, meeting new people and, and you know, maybe take me out on a date Shout or out to all the
1: uh, single bachelors in the Boston area. <laughs> <laughs>
3: whatever. Y'all are disappointed. So. i I'm, oh, I'm, oh, oh, I'm just oh, The whole state. The
2: whole state. No,
3: I can't move going in Atlanta. I know right they're yeah. all good. wait
2: oh!
3: <laughs> JK hey Carltons
2: uh, help. hello
0: uh, moving right along hello because right. if we gonna Woo! talk now hey, this, let's start
3: part two of the podcast because I got some things to say listen to all the
1: Carltons out there and
3: listen there. and don't come
0: nowhere near me hello listen. this is Robert uh, to our regular scheduled programming uh, b 101 no.
3: So today, today I'm like God. I'm gonna just focus on getting this book out. You know, pushing my business. We have an event coming up. Hey, pillow talk. I think that's where I'm at today. Maybe mm-hmm. tomorrow it'll change. Can we but today, talk about
0: pillow talk as we wrap things up. Yeah. What is pillow talk?
3: Pillow talk is a night of intimate conversation.
0: conversation.
1: she's on her radio because voice? I have to. Oh, she's advertising
3: authentically wed (laughs) 102.9 um nah so it's actually the first this was actually the first event we had when i relaunched and it became it was a hit so we it's become our staple event Mm. um and so this year we have the incomparable Rob. And Brittany Badger. Hey, who
2: that? I,
3: would I would want them to be. stop. stop. Hey. I want all who that. that, is? that means God Never mind. Is a big They're person. fired, y'all. They fired. That means
1: God is hey. a big person. God one is night is big only. Person. What? Gonna be in Atlanta
0: for one night only. Oh. What can people expect? So, um the the basis
1: the
3: basis of Pillow Talk is to really bring authentic and real conversation to life, and so we do it in a way in a panel discussion format. It's lit. Um, We have a good time, but we get down to the nitty gritty. Like nobody sits on my couch and just like gives you surface. Like we go there every single time. And this time the topic is what makes marriage work. And we have three couples, of course, the badges, the Ezekiel and Kiana Zanwu. if you guys are familiar with um, PIA, Poets in Autumn, they'll be there. And then my pastors, Nikki and Martez Moore, um, over exchange ministries in Valosta and their co-pastors at Travis Green's church um oh. Forward City so I'm really excited is that at his church,
2: yeah oh cool I'm mm-hmm. just looking up a church oh no it's not it.
3: at his church their church is in South Carolina oh cool. yeah, yeah. It. it'll be in Atlanta it'll be in Atlanta May 2nd yeah. we have VIP tickets where there'll be a pre-event mixer our, our group loves mixers they love hanging out with each other um and you get freebies and um, early entrance, and it's a good time. But then your general admission tickets, there will be vendors there. Like, it's really cool. And we have a comedian. Every every time we do it, we have an opening act kind of thing. Mm. This year, we're doing a um, comedian. And so we're expecting a huge turnout, and I'm, I'm excited.
0: At your marriage. You,
3: she can't finish her sentence. I can't. You can get tickets yeah. at www.authenticallywed.com slash Pillow Talk. <laughs> it's not. A, you asked me a question.
0: <laughs> Looking back though, real quick at your marriage, what made your marriage not work?
3: Um. Mm. Mm. Um. Oh, that's so good. So I think the lack of um, accountability and not and the lack of safety. Mm. That's why, that's why I'm really, really big on safe spaces. On. You guys hear me say that a lot. Safe space, Believe safe space. Me, unpack that. So, safety, meaning I don't think that I created the best environment for him to feel like he can come to me before it hit that point. I think that's that exactly I. That's exactly
0: what I was saying about Carlton. She did not. Oh my God. I want you to <laughs> no,
3: stop. No, no, but no, think, no. But I think, but. And we were married. They were not married. Okay, good, so, good. I think that I could have created more or better opportunity. For him to say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, I have an issue with this. On the other side, I always felt like there were questions I needed to ask, but I didn't because I was scared. And I didn't want him to get upset, or I didn't want him to feel like I didn't trust him. But all the whole time, that was Holy Spirit telling me to ask these questions. And I think had I asked them sooner, um, and had maybe he created a safer space to know, like, accountability even amongst us is is welcome i would have maybe ask the questions that could have led to him experiencing freedom
0: um, so you had the holy spirit was uh encouraging you to ask questions that you mm-hmm. didn't want to ask mm-hmm. right so do you feel like that was you not listening and not trusting god in those moments
3: yeah but also the environment though mm-hmm. um yeah i think that that i should have just did it anyway But you have to have an environment of safety and trust to know that when I ask this question, you won't you won't a lie to me and b you. There won't be any backlash um, between our connections because you feel some kind of way.
1: Yeah. So it's both. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, that was a really good segment. I enjoyed this. This started off terrible, but this was good. First of all, y'all jacked up my whole Y'all lied on not me. Even Rob lied did on it? me. not <laughs> even start out terribly. Huh? Actually, I do want to just go ahead and we're going to wrap this up with a question because we always have our, you know, a Can We Talk segment on our podcast. So we're going to wrap this up with a quick question. Can We Talk? And the question is, if I am in a marriage that is not going so well, and I am experiencing just a lot of turmoil, like what is your advice for me to figure out when enough is enough? Because I know you talked about like in your marriage, like you are a fighter and you were willing, you know, to sit there and to go through the ring to get to the other side. But how do you know when enough is enough and when, okay, maybe I should just be okay with letting this go?
3: I feel like I can't answer that because even people who come to me for advice, I always, I think they're always looking for me to tell them to leave or stay. And I don't, I mm-hmm. never do But but what you should do is evaluate the situation. You e- look at like, if I have, can I do this for the rest of my life? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then you seek the father on what to do next because the answer still may not be to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, everybody's capacity is different everybody's situation is different mm-hmm. and so what may be enough for you god may say but my strength is sufficient mm-hmm. my grace is sufficient for That's you so and so there i don't know that there's really an answer but i think that what you do is you seek the word of god if you're an abusive relationship yeah, if you're yeah, if sorry. you're being hurt if you're being harmed then i suggest that you get help immediately
0: right i think the other side of that is the flip side of safety right mm-hmm. where if I'm in a space or this, this relationship is in a s- space where safety parameters are gone. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is contributing to my demise mm-hmm. internally. Mm-hmm. Right. Look, Cause it, every, most cases are not some physical brawl that's happening. Right. But it's a slow emotional death mm-hmm. and spiritual death that are happening. You have to be in a place where you're assessing all these things, but, in order to be in that place, you really have to be in communion with God, Mm -hmm. right? You do. And and ask him some hard questions that you're open to the answers to, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think even with my situation, it was like, like you said, somebody asked me, they said, it was the only person that asked me, Mm -hmm. it's like, what is God saying? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean what is God saying? What is God saying? I was like, I don't know what God is saying, Mm -hmm. right? But- that is definitely primary. You have to be in communion with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he will lead you uh, yeah. because you're going to need him. Yeah. Should this thing end? Like, how do I pay these bills by myself? Yeah. How do I come home every day by myself? Mm-hmm. How do I heal? You're going to need him mm-hmm. even after or if that relationship ends.
3: And I just want to say this because I just recently told somebody this was, I can't. first of all, I can't tell you when enough is enough, but you'll know you will know and um our somebody was just asking she was like well what do just tell me what to do like what do I do and I was like I can't when you're done fighting you'll you'll just stop fighting yeah like you're there's nothing that I can do there's nothing anybody can do or say you I think sometimes you have to run to the end of of the course i I could have and should have left far before some other things happened before I even found out more truth but I think God knew like she's gonna fight. And so I'm a, I'm gonna be with her in the fight.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes I had to
3: reach my wall. Like,
0: like a, a relationship could be dead. Mm-hmm. We're just afraid to call mm-hmm. the time of death. Yes, you yes, I mean? that's like, it. That was good. you not stick your whole finger in my mouth though? <laughs> that's <laughs> true. You know what I mean? Like we was watching. Uh, well, I was watching an episode of 911. I don't think he was here. And it was this dude. Uh, his mother. His he calls the he calls the ambulance to come check on his mother Mm -hmm. ambulance gets there and they're looking at this decomposed body Mm. and they're like, dude, he's, but he's talking to them. He's like, yeah, mother, you know, she's been sick for a while. Mm. She just needs you guys to just pump her up, blah, 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 blah. And they was like, dude, so now they had, because now he got, he got violent because he's like, no, she's not dead. What do you mean? Blah, 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 blah. Right. And so they had to pull out the paddles and actually shock him when he wasn't looking because he became a danger. Wow. And what happens is when you're not at the place of acceptance, you become a danger to everybody else around you. Absolutely. So when the relationship is dead, you have to get to a place where you know what? I have to accept that this is dead. Yeah. Now you will find out if this can be resurrected or if it needs to be buried. Yeah. Right. So those are the two decisions that are going to have to be made, but both those decisions you're going to need God.
2: yeah,
3: Ooh. you need eyes to see it though. You good. you got to see. You need eyes to see that it's decomposing or that it's dead. And and but denial is a part of the process. Yeah. And I think that it's okay if you're in that place, just seek help. But it's grief, baby, it is grief. And that's
1: exactly to why it's important to have accountability around yes, you is. because sometimes you can't see those. You things can't because you're that rotting close. corpse. Yeah, you're too close to the situation to where it's hard mm-hmm. for you to see that this is dead. And you need people around you who you trust. I can. Say, that's not just trying to fluff you yeah. up or fill your head with stuff, but they can say, look, baby, you fought this mm-hmm. thing out. But this is probably kind of where you're at. So just wrapping up, why don't you just go ahead and give our listeners just a piece of encouragement, a little bit of advice, or anything that really the Holy Spirit lays on your heart just to leave them with. All
2: right. And
3: um, your socials
0: in contact. Yeah. it's going to get there. I,
1: I think, like, you,
3: you can really... You can survive and not just survive, but thrive like divorce, relational brokenness does not have to be the end of your life. Um, It's just it's a it's a momentary affliction. It's a momentary affliction. And on the other side, you can experience the grace and the goodness of God. Matter of fact, you can experience the grace and the goodness of God in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But just be open to it. Have good friends and accountability. Um, and if you don't have anybody, you know, my inbox is open. I always say, especially to people who are in, in dealing with uh, divorce, my inbox is open to you. The not the creeps. Not the creeps. Slide in a DM. No, nah, I think I'm just going to. No, my DMs are not open to you guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> But but yeah, so that that's really it. Like, God can resurrect anything. He can redeem anything. And I really think that I'm in a season of redemption. I'm seeing it all over the place. So... If you guys want to connect with me, you can follow me at... Sturdy V. Stop. At- okay, you can't just say... I, I feel like we got to explain it. Because you're just saying it, and it just sounds crazy.
2: Go
0: ahead. Go ahead explain it.
3: So, I made a post on my Facebook, and I was like, listen, like, I've been getting love from these skinny men, and that's cool, but you need to get in the gym and listen some because I'm a sturdy woman, okay? Mm-hmm. I am bottom heavy. And I just need to make sure that if you are going to, like, pick me up, which is a requirement, that uh-huh. we do not collapse and fall. I do not like embarrassment. And then I said, I'm not, you know, make the stallion. I'm more of a Clydesdale. She said that. a Clydesdale. Have you see seen a Clydesdale? What is a Clydesdale? <laughs> it's a
0: major horse that's like can kick down walls
3: no they're like they're, they're, they're small the, horses it is the
0: strongest horse but they're
3: strong as yeah I'm sturdy so, so anyway uh, you can follow me at Authentically Wed on Instagram and probably most platforms um, or in Facebook and um, you can find me at uh, Vernique Esther <laughs> on Facebook did you just look <laughs> she just looked up a Clyde's <laughs>
0: I know. She That's it. Oh my That's God. it. It's sturdy feet.
3: Oh my God. God. So, yeah, and if you want to learn about my new book, you can go to my website, www.authenticallywed.com, which you can actually see the book. You can get tickets to Pillow Talk where you can see Rob and Brittany um, and then read some blogs. Join the Facebook group, Authentically Wed. Do all the things, you guys. Do like all the, the things. I Pillow
0: Talk one more time. Um,
3: so Pillow Talk, Night of Intimate Conversation, May 2nd, 2020, in Atlanta, com slash Pillow Talk.
0: Until the next time, folks.
3: Peace. Thanks for having
0: me. Later.
1: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Classic r&b Podcast. To keep the conversation going, be sure to check us out on Facebook at The Classic RB Life, on Instagram at our Classic RB Life, or you can check out our website at the ClassicRBlife.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Peace.